Welcome to SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com, formerly known as SelfDiscovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Their Story Matters right here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and all the way from Australia, and I'm in Canada, that gives you a little distance uh, to show there, is Alison Ockenden. We're going to be talking about keeping your memories. She's the memory keeper. How does she do that? Well, we're going to find out all about that today and what led her to this journey. She says that on September 18th, 1915, she had the biggest life-changing event happen to her uh, or to her family to date. She lost the only best friend and fiance, the man of her children uh, that saw her as dad, and she lost her future. And she was forced not only to say goodbye to the man that she loved, but to be the, uh, the one to give the official world words to the turn off light support machine, keeping him alive. Nobody ever wants to do that. Once she discovered DNA jewelry and keepsakes, she knew that this was her purpose in life to ensure that no other families have the same regret of not having something to hold on to after losing someone that was taken way too early. While we focus on loss and we also celebrate the good times, every aspect of her business is in memory, an honor of many. She launched TTA on the anniversary of his passing to celebrate him and how even in his passing, he is supporting the family and a part of their lives daily. The name coming from a saying that he'd repeat over and over again, and it's how long he had loved me and until he took his last breath and he kept that promise. And now I live and she lives every day, keeping with that in the end. So we're going to be talking about the DNA art. and But, you know, just let's talk for a moment about loss. We all face loss somewhere along the line. It comes, but we're never prepared for it. However much, you know, we think even if it's something that we know is coming, um, or it happens out of the blue. We think that we're prepared for, but we're not. And I think it's, we can maybe deal with it in the time, but it's the afterwards. And I think one of the worst things we can do for anybody that's crossed over is put them out of our mind or try and forget them because it hurts too much. And I think that part of the healing is to remember them, not the taking from you or the, you know, the pain they may have been in, but the, um, the joy of what they brought to your life. And I think having those kind of memories that you can look up and it brings a smile. It brings a smile to your heart, a smile to your face is healthy. Some people will say, no, no, you need to forget. You need to erase them out of your life. I disagree with that. I think it's dishonorable to the person that was in your life, but it's also an illusion to think that you're ever going to get over the pain that way because you won't. So welcome to the show, hun. Thank you so much. It's so lovely to be here and talk about a topic that it, it is a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't like to talk about, you know, the the end of life or or how to kind of go forward in your own life once you do lose someone. But it, like you said, we all, unfortunately, it's it's inevitable, isn't it, that we're yes, going to lose someone we love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's 
yeah, I, I love what I do um, and I'm just really lucky that I get to talk about the men that I loved um, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll be honest, for the first year or so uh, when someone would say, you know, what's your why? You know, why yes. did you start this? Yes. Um, I would be, you know, <laughs> tears would slide. Uh, like I had a snot nose. Like it was really disgusting, not professional looking. <laughs> But um, quite natural uh, and quite normal. <laughs> yeah. But the more I got to talk about him, um, the sadness, you know, kind of healed a little bit because mm. now I I still get to talk about him all the time, but yes. in a great way. Yeah. And he is, you know, this shining light that, that kind of led me to, you can do this. Um, yeah. It's not something that everyone can do. It's not something that everyone likes. You know, yeah. I've, I get responses and it's usually, wow, that's really interesting or that's disgusting. I, I Please stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> and I completely respect both responses. It's not for everyone. But no. for those that want a physical, literal part of a loved one with them, you know, after they've passed, that's why I'm here. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I love what I do. I lost my dad when I was 11. And, you know, we kind of moved around a great deal, including moving countries. And but I remember every time I kind of came across something of his, I would hold on to it. You know, it was a part of him. And we had a house fire. And when I was going through the ashes, one of the things that came up was his old smoking jacket. <laughs> it was literally smoking. <laughs> but And it was just like, you know, I remember him because in England they put on smoking jackets and you put on his jacket and warm his bum in front of the fire while he's having a pipe. And it kind of brought back that warm, endearing, you know, because I was just at that age getting to know him where we were getting to know each other. And then it was taken from me. And it it was nice to have that memory thing. And and, uh, one of the guests that um, I interviewed, the wonderful Kathy Knapp, um, did a wonderful portrait um, of my dog who has passed seven years ago that I miss so desperately because it doesn't matter who you lost, animal or no. mineral or human, it doesn't matter. Loss is loss. And every single day she's looking at me, those eyes, she's painted it so beautifully. Those eyes are just like, I've got you, mum. I'm there, mum. And it's, yeah. yes, it's sad that they're not there anymore, but it's also warm and endearing to know their spirit has still got you. Yes. Yeah. I um I work with a lot of parents, uh, fur parents, uh, <laughs> because mm-hmm. it is we we get pets and you know I mean look for some people they just get a pet and yeah. you know they're, they're not our people. No. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're pet people. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> they're children. They become, <laughs> yes, they do. They become yeah. a part of the family. Yes. You know, um. We refer to her as, you know, their sister or brother or, you know, all of those things. And I'm ashamed to say that I think um, we've got a boxer and she spends more time inside, you know, with us than she ever does outside. God forbid if there was ever a reason that she had to stay outside for more than a few hours, I don't think she'd cope because she's no. so spoiled that. <laughs> no, she's just one of the kids. That's, yeah, exactly. yeah, that's where people live. Um, we we haven't had the heart to tell her she's adopted. She wholeheartedly thinks she's human um, to the point where she will sit up, you know, on like a child uh, watching TV mm-hmm. and or she'll kind of sit at the window and just people watch as they walk past. Yes. You know? 
So we haven't had the heart to tell her that that she's adopted. She wouldn't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) She's one of the family. What are you talking about? I've just got four legs. You've got two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are some differences, but I don't know how you made that happen. That's, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's beautiful. I... Boxers have a, a life expectancy of seven to ten years, mm. and she's seven this year. We actually got her because my um, two older children weren't coping with Manny's loss. No. And we had a pet. We had a, another boxer um, that unfortunately was baited by some teenage shitheads. Um, but we, when we went to their counselling and everything and they said, do you have a pet? And I said, not anymore. And they said, look, if you were thinking of getting one, now would be the time. Yes. Because, you know, pet therapy is absolutely like the, the benefits are incredible. So um, I actually arranged in secret to get her. I told my kids that we were going on a, a, a one-night holiday, just to spare of the moment. Let's just go and stay somewhere for the night. Um, it was like a four-hour, five-hour drive. <laughs> I don't know where they thought we were going. Um, and I said, look, while I'm here, I've just got to go and visit my friend for like five minutes and then we'll head home. Um, little did they know that this friend was the breeder that, that we were going to get her. Um, and so she was named Lyric, which was the name that we were going to use for our child once we got married oh. and had a baby. So she's the baby that we didn't get to have. Right. So that might have something to do with why she feels like she's oh yeah yeah I was destined right and I think we underestimate animals because on a human intellect they you know they say some animals are kind of up to the age of four but on a spiritual intellect they are far more superior than we are and they have a wonderful ability to read people and read needs and know what you need and you know mine's always been border collies and I had a border collie that saved my life that stopped me from driving off a cliff when I was given the wrong drugs and I was hallucinating thinking I could fly she literally she poured me and I poured her she barked at me I barked at her and then she threw her entire body over me bringing me to the edge of the cliff where the tires were on the edge of the cliff snapping out of it and I didn't I wasn't looking to drive off the cliff I thought I could fly because they took the drugs off the market very quickly Uh, I mean there was for depression instead people were dying but how did she know how did she know that that was the the danger and they're just so utterly intuitive and they know you know when you're in pain and they can pick up and but at the same time we've also got to be careful not to put our own anxiety on them because they do feel that right so it's um I have actually the ashes of my cat and dog. The The dog is with me. The ashes is with my daughter because she's planting trees. So she's going to plant that. And when I finally find my forever home, never mind a dog, my forever home, I will have a tree or a plant with every, with her ashes in there. And uh, And that's the way I intend to go. My ashes are going to be in this particular container and it's going to be buried with a tree. And I want them to put a bench there and they can come and talk to me. So, you know, I understand yeah. the keepsakes because it's it's a touch of somebody. It's, you know, that not all people are, are very spiritual where they can just kind of tap into the energy and feel the essence. They need to go to a place, mm. a place or touch yeah. something or wear something that kind of reconnects them. And But when they do that, yeah. they can feel the presence and the essence of the person that, you know, that they're holding, so to speak, or that they're sitting near 
and it is so warming. It is so comforting. And I think it's something that we should honor our dead so much more than the way we do. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm actually um, today about to make a wedding band for a gentleman who just lost their dog using their dog's ashes. Oh, he neat. was, you know, that was their, you know, he was so close to this dog um, and I don't know the full story behind it, but you can only imagine mm-hmm. what kind of a relationship he must have yeah. had with his dog. That is going to be a wedding to, band. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they're getting married in two months. Um, and like, is there any chance you can get it made by then? Because this is what he really wants. Um, and of course I've said yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, like it's, it's not just, um, it's not just a piece of jewelry or something to, to put on the mantelpiece, you know, in amongst other family memories. It's something that's really special. Like you, it's not the kind of thing that you can just walk past a shop and go, well, it's nice. Grab that while I'm here. This is something that is. So special and so yeah. unique. It's literally made for you. It's you know, personal. Some... It's yeah. personal. It's it's your signature, your vibration, your frequency. You know, yeah. it, it it may mean nothing else to anyone else, but yeah. it is meant to be meaning something for you. That's right. Yeah. And I um I've worked with um a lot of brides who have lost um unfortunately, like yourself, who who may have lost their dad before they, you know, were old enough to get married. Right. Um, and we create a crystal that has his hair or ashes in it. Mm. And then that gets wrapped around her bouquet, which is held in front of her. Ah, so lovely. a literal part of her dad guides walking her down, down the aisle. Walking down the aisle, yeah. That, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, that's really beautiful because, we, you know, we do want, you know, I, I my brother kind of, quote, walk me down the aisle, had an unconventional wedding anyway, but he was the one that kind of gave me away, uh, you know, yeah. stood in for my dad. But it is, you know, I think it was the the later years, you know, especially as you have children, you know, you look at, yeah. God, you know, dad, you would love him. I wish you would met him. And and it's and it's yeah. nice, you know, this way I'm always saying to people, keep your your ancestors alive with their stories, uh, you know, with the yeah. photographs, with something about them. I love antiques and some of the antiques I have have been in the family for years. And so, hmm. you know, but mom, why do you just get rid of that? No, it's been in this house with this one. It's been in that house with that one. And it's like part of them is, has traveled through this time and I want to keep them near. And, and I think it, for some people, yeah. there's an inability to see beyond it's just something. It, you know, piece of furniture or piece of jewelry or yeah. something like that. It's just something. And that they're the people that don't understand the essence of our beingness. And it's the essence of someone, the essence that's imprinted, that you're holding on to, that you feel, yeah. right? Yeah. And sometimes it's not about, you know, for those people who are grossed out by the DNA, um, it's not just about DNA. Sometimes, like I've used fabric like your dad's smoking coat, for example. Um, you know, we can use a bit of fabric if they're known for something. I know my, God love him, my stepdad um, and my grandfather now, I think about it actually, both wear like those flannelette shirts. Um, <laughs> That's Canadian. In- what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, they work in our local men's shed. So they go and and make like buddy benches for schools mm, and preschools lovely, and lovely. all of these other things. And I guess that's just the easiest thing to 
to throw on. It doesn't matter if it gets paint on it and and whatever. Right. Um, but that's kind of what they're known for. They're always wearing, you know, these shirts. Um, and, you know, when that time comes, I've got four aunts and nine cousins. <laughs> so that's something that I'll be able to take right. and make everyone that will have that tangible memory to it. Like every time we look at it, it's yes. going to bring back the hugs yeah. and the yes. kisses. It, one of the things that I will never forget about my grandfather, so I was a very young mum and a very old mum at the same time. I had, old I was spirit, young in years, right? No, 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 I was young in years. I was 16. Um, That's what I'm saying, when, young in years, old in spirit. Yeah. yeah. And um, with my first one and I was, 33 with my last mm-hmm. um, Big gap. and I remember when yeah oh so I've got a 23 a 21 a 16 and a 6 because I'm that wow. idiot but glutton <laughs> <laughs> um, for punishment we at a, a park or something maybe for for Christmas or um the Christmas Eve you know we all get together and I was breastfeeding her and it's we our family gets together once a month anyway and so I would always just out of respect for my grandparents just you know go from the dining room to the the lounge room to feed her anyway we were out in the open right and and my motto is if it's crying stick a boob in it you know (laughs) (laughs) yes um, so I I just you know discreetly of course you know I was feeding her don't flap in the wind but you get on with it (laughs) (laughs) and my grandfather walked over and rubbed her little head and said, is that yummy little one? <laughs> and then walked off. <laughs> and it's, it's it's one of those memories that I'm never yeah. going to forget. You know, no. that, especially from from the, the generation, I think they're 83 and 85 this year. Mm. Um, and and I think back then it was, it really was something that you, you did in private. You know, you didn't, right. it was something that, you know, wasn't just out in the open. But as time's gone on, I mean, that's the beauty of breastfeeding, right? Like when yes, a instant tap. Like it's, yeah, <laughs> it's on tap, it's always yes. ready, you know. Yes. It's convenient, portable. Yeah, um, exactly. Right temperature. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sterile. Yes. And, you know, I, I just remember thinking that small, and I don't even think he, he wouldn't remember it at all, I'm sure. Right. But it's something that in my mind, it was one of those moments of good job, darling. You know, like yeah. that, that that's the feeling approval. that I got. Approval, approval, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, when I had my um, younger, uh, sorry, my older kids, you know, I, look, that feels like a lifetime ago. Um, <laughs> but again, I wasn't, you know, I, I was respectful. Mm. Um so yeah, to to have that memory, and now when you know women come to me and say, "Look, I've I've got you know twenty mils of breast milk left. I'd really love something made. What can I do?" You know, it gives me such a sense of pride because I yeah. know what that's like. I know, yes. I mean, being seventeen and breastfeeding in public because again, if it's crying, stick a boob in it. Yes, um, the looks that I would get and the judgment I would get. Oh right. Mm-hmm. I know what it's, you know, all of the aspects of what it takes to keep this child fed and nourished. Um, and I love making them. I love making those. I, I always say, if you climbed Mount Everest, 
and <laughs> you have, you know, a tiny pebble from Mount Everest, you would bring that home and you oh, would yep. want as a, a trophy, you know, of look what I did. And that's how I see the breast milk pieces that I make. But, but let's, you know, breast milk is the, is the nectar of life. It's literally after giving birth, it's now the form of giving life, right? You know, my yes. my daughter's just had a baby and due to complications, she couldn't breastfeed straight away because they broke his femur bringing him out. So he was in a brace and she couldn't feed him. And uh, so she tried, you know, pumping and then uh, it just with all the stress and everything, uh, you know, it was just all too much. And so she's given up. I breastfed her until two and three quarters and we used to say that she's going to have to go to boobaholics you know because yes. she was uh, the booby <laughs> yeah. child and you know uh, oh, and yeah. and but it is I understand having that kind of piece of jewelry with that milk inside of it uh this is the nectar this is the life source that you gave your children and it's something that when they stop breastfeeding it is a bit of a loss to us because yeah, having that awesome. child, you know, and suckling and you're holding them and they're so close. And now they've reached yeah. that age where they're just rather run around with a bottle in the mouth. You know, it's a loss to us. So I, I understand, you know, the sentiment yeah. behind that for sure. I've, I've had so many mums say, you know, oh, I, I wasn't able to breastfeed for, for you know, a myriad of reasons. Mm. Um, I would have loved something like that. Okay. What formula did you use? Because I right. can use that. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't matter. And look, I there are pros and cons to both, to, right. to breast and bottle feeding. I've, I've had to do both throughout my mm-hmm. four children. I accidentally breastfed my grandson once. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pick up the wrong child in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, so my youngest also is, I think, the um, uh, president of Boobaholics Anonymous, um, and she was three, and I still was having trouble getting her off that comfort right, to wean off. Yeah, um, yeah, and um, it turns out she's got some sensory issues and stuff, which not all makes sense now when we look yeah. back. But um, I, I had him overnight, and at two a.m. when a baby cries, what do you do? Stick a boob on it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the baby uh, wouldn't have cared. It's just as long as it's getting nourishment, it doesn't care, right? And um, you know, I I'd, I'd had the conversation with my daughter. You know, if I run out of your milk here, yes. what do you want me to do? Do you want me to you know have some formula on hand, or do you want me to just feed him? And she's like, "Well, just feed him." Like, yeah. Why would you do anything? Like it was yeah. her, the look on her face was almost. That's a really stupid question. Why, why just feed him yourself? Like it's such a, a unique situation where that was an option. Yes. Um, and that he's still getting granted, you know, at that point my milk was made for a toddler. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was still, you know, nourishing and, and all of the stuff. Um, so the next morning I said, so remember how we had that conversation? <laughs> She's like, mom, that's awesome. Um, we're <laughs> But yeah, I've I've done both and I think that there are pros and cons. You know, you you still have to wake up either way, but there's the comfort of being able to stay in bed and feed versus having to get up and put a bottle. Um, But, you know, if they've got an intolerance to something and you have to change your whole diet, 
you know, like they're they're approaching. That's that's what they're dealing with the baby right now, and he he's a child with with Down syndrome, and so he has swallowing issues and reflux and all of that, and and they were like, he's not getting enough in him, he's not getting enough in him, and like almost force feeding him, and I said, look, feed him when he cries. That's what we did when the baby cries. They're either hungry or dirty. Or want a little nurturing, yeah. right? So you know what that cry is. You can identify it and you feed them. But they literally had to measure everything because they're trying to see why he's not growing and all of that. And I said, that anxiety has been put on the child and makes them even more anxious when it comes to feeding, right? So they, they can't put a boob in it, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's uh, I, I did have a talk about lightening up a bit, <laughs> you know, relaxing. <laughs> Yeah, look, it's hard, especially as first-time parents. I yes, I, well, no, this is their I, second I one, and the me, first one they couldn't keep up with. He was hungry all the time, so he's a little <laughs> toddler bruiser. And then you've got this other one that's just elongated and delicate, you know. And they're kind of trying to compare with him. I said, "You can't compare with him. He ate you out of house and home." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and isn't it funny that? You can have, so I've got, um, you know, four kids, th my three older children all have the same dad and my little one has a different one. And it's funny how different they are. You can have the exact same, you know, parents and yes. create completely different children. Totally. And it's, it's, it amazes me. Like I'm still one of those, I just turned 40 and I'm still one of those grown women that go, like that, that my mind is blown by the fact that, you know, one sperm and one egg yes. that we literally can't see because they're microscopic size right. creates a whole human with its own brain and fingernails yes. and eyelashes. And, and own signature, own essence, own soul, own yes. spirit, everything. I've got three um, of them. My, my oldest is 40. Uh, she's never had children. She won't. She loves being aunt. She's the butterfly <laughs> forever, you know, kind of on the rainbow. Uh, just uh, She's just a... Um, one of those people that just goes around stimulating people's life. So she wasn't meant to have a, have a kid. And my son is turning 39. He has a stepdaughter and they're kind of humming and hawing whether to have a kid or not. But every time he holds the new baby, you can just see that longing in him. And I hope that he does, because I think he would regret it down the line. But it's my youngest at 30, yeah. uh, now 34, who has the two. Uh, and it's giving me my yeah. first grandchildren. I had to wait to 66 to become a grandma. So I'm lapping it up right now. Absolutely enjoying it. Don't quite have the same energy as I used to have, but lapping it up. And it's just you know, but two totally different type of children. Um, but that's mm. the beauty of it, too, because, you know, my kids just spent the weekend with my daughter and the grandchildren their father was meant to be there we're divorced because it was his birthday he got COVID and couldn't go but they ended up going anyway all right and the, yeah. you know just even calling me I know you want to be here mom because they know I love being around when we get everyone together I want all my kids together um but they they video called yeah. me and they sent all the pictures and there's the little two-year-old while they're doing yoga following them doing yoga bottom up bottom down and it's just so adorable absolutely gorgeous and i think it's you know that this these are the you can't capsulate those kind of memories in jewelry per se but i think it's the things that you can having something you can wear having something you can see having something you can touch having something that bring back those yeah. moments 
you know, that, oh, God, do you remember that time? Or every time I look at that, I think of that. Or I remember this. And we want yeah. those joyful things. That, I know the people aren't with you anymore, but we want those joyful moments. We want those moments. Because, yeah. again, I mean, I I live with a woman who's about to be, hang on, I live with a woman who's about to be 90. Her fiancé was killed four days before the wedding. And her family, like, and she had a twin sister that died at um, five going on six. And they erased all the photographs and all memory and was not allowed to speak about them. And, I, you know, such a, just such a disrespect to the people that are leaving. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking. She's got yeah. no photographs of him whatsoever, right? And it's heartbreaking. And I think that who who benefits from that? You cannot suppress that kind of loss. No. It will find its way out and it can find its way out in illness or anger or something else to, the, yeah. to going through the process of the loss and then learning that those tears turn into joy of the memories you did have. Yeah. rather than the, the tears of loss, the only, you only get there if you're willing to go through that process. Yeah, and I think not having anything would make that yeah. that closure, like uh, after you've been through all of the, the grieving steps, yeah. that end part where, you know, you can kind of pack it all away in your heart and, and learn to live this new normal. I don't think you'd ever be able to do that because you don't have something to to hold on to you don't have that that yes. tangible you know the yeah. photo or, or anything I I can't imagine how no. you would be able to you know to close that wound before yeah. moving on I think it would forever be a scab that it would just yes. be picked. um yeah that's that's horrible I I mean yeah. I'm always saying to people you know when they say you know they call me so and so's gone and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm sorry for your loss. I mean, when my mum died, she was 95. I actually put out a prayer vigil on uh, on Facebook saying my mum needs to cross over. She's in so much pain. She just doesn't know how. I mean, we don't always know how to die when we, when we want to die, right? It's going to come. And uh, I had 140 people send out prayers, like not just likes and things, but prayers. And the next day, my mum was in England with my sister and she, they had created her bedroom in the living room and apparently it had been a rainy day. And my brother had just gone away for a respite because he was the prime carer. And uh, she went, my sister went to make a cup of tea and she's, when you came back, the sun was streaming through the window on my mum and her, uh, her eyes and her hands were just open like this and she had passed. And, you know, when... My Aww. my brother sent me an email on it, <laughs> not the way I wanted to be told, but I still to this day haven't cried. No. You know, I haven't cried because I was ready for her passing and I choose to remember yeah. the wonderful things that we did do together. I kind of don't cry at those type of things. I cry at stupid co commercials or stupid other things happening, oh, yes. you know, <laughs> right, yeah, um, yeah. because, you know, passing over is is a natural part of life and it's a kind of, I suppose, just grieve in a different way. But I remember uh, at one time taking all the photographs of the family and wallpapering my room with it. And my mum wanted me to tear it all down because it was too much. And for me, it was like, I've got everything around me. You know, it just like I felt because my, my brother and sister were sent to boarding school when they were five. And I went at eight because I was more sickly. So I couldn't go earlier. 
So I was like an only child at home, you know, where and dad was there at that time. But it was um, it was like I had my family around me again. I wanted things around me. Right. So it's either around you or something you can touch, something you can feel, something you can see. It's important. It's respectful for the person that has gone, the memories that they leave. But it's important for you because that means you've still got that connection open and you can still talk to them anytime. Yes. Yeah. And and like you said, with the holiday, you know, it it doesn't, those memories that you make, you know, that that don't feel like they have that that tangible thing that you can use. If you've gone to a, a beachside place, take yes. a little bit of sand. Yes. You know, we can make um, display keepsakes that you can put in there that every time you see, you know, you're instantly yes. going to be taken back to that. Do you remember when, you know, yes. do you remember when you know, the little kids fell over and started eating right. the sand and all yeah. those memories? Yes. Um, you know, we can flowers and leaves and and all of those things to create, um, you know, a, a piece that still has that connection to it because it's it's all about connection and it's all about, you know, having those those things that, like you said, you look at in a moment, you know, as you walk past and you just smile as you yeah. keep going. Um, yeah. and, and that's what I'm about. I'm about holding all of the memories that, you know, that happen in life and, and having something that represents it, you know, almost like a, a little bit of a, a a living photo book, you know, yeah. you, you take photos and, you know, we, when I was a kid, you know, we would sit down with photo albums that were. Exactly. You know, <laughs> I, I've got dozens of them right in front of me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's digital um, now. <laughs> yeah. And these are just another way of, of doing that. It's a way of having those, those memories, but, you know, in a 3D version that, that can represent each of those moments, you know, whether it be, you know, your the birth of your baby, whether it be your breastfeeding journey, whether it be, you know, um, getting married or yeah. having to say goodbye to someone. Um, it's there's so many moments in life that like climbing Mount Everest. Yes. <laughs> That's a moment that you're gonna want a trophy for. Right. So, right. And, yeah. and and you know, whether it's it's a memory from something that maybe you have lost, maybe not somebody, but something, right? Mm. You know, our our book of life is filled with different chapters and there could yes. be a particular chapter we were really, really fond of, but it's come to an end. So how do we bring that chapter into something tangible that every mm. time we think it or wear it or look at it, it takes us back to that wonderful chapter. And if I cut, if I, if I could feel like that, surely I could feel like that again in a different chapter. It's a good reminder, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. And like you said, there. I mean, life's full of ups and downs. That's just a part of life. You, you, you can't avoid it. it. It just is what it is. Um, but even in those downs, if there's still, I mean, I'm I'm a very big believer in finding the silver lining. There's, yes. You know, even in yes. situations. Um, you know, and I say to my kids, sometimes the the silver lining is, but did we die? You know, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I mean, I'm an ex-military wife and ex-military member, mm-hmm. and you know, even while my my husband was deployed for nine months at a time, and you know, even in those times where I was alone and I had a premature baby, I had mm-hmm. a cervical cancer surgery twice on two wow. separate deployments. Even through all of those moments, there was still, you know, that sense of 
you know, but it could be worse. Yes. Um, and I, I now value those times. I value the fact that the closeness that I've got with my children, that sadly their father will never have mm. because he just wasn't around long enough. No. Um, and while at the time it was like, I just need a break, you know, I just yeah. need to be able to have a shower without. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, now that they're grown, it's, it's this, beautiful you know they they know that I'm the constant you know I will always be there no matter what um and like you said with grandchildren I I love my grandchildren they are the most adorable things on this earth it's a different feeling isn't it it being a grandmother you know it's like I haven't got that responsibility of their lives for the next 18 or 19 years all right I, I I I can just simply gobble them up right now and you know about the burden (laughs) I don't know about you but I always say um you know like I I've got four children and two halves people say what do you mean (laughs) well I've got grandchildren and I made the person that made them so I'm counting them as half a point because you know I I play a small part in them being here Um, And especially that my, it was my daughter that had them. Um, You know, as we know, when we are pregnant with girls, girls uh, are born with all of the eggs in their ovaries that they're ever going to have. So technically, I was pregnant with my grandchildren. Uh, So therefore, (laughs) I get to claim half a point. I haven't thought about Um, that. I'm going to have to pull that card. (laughs) (laughs) But but it is Um, a different connection that you have there where I think the, 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 the kids pick up with you in a different way you know it is a different connection and it's like I know that when I go um because you know I am 68 going on 69 you know hopefully I'm here for another 20 25 years but they're going to be in their young adulthood Mm -hmm. that I do want to have something that they can have as a memory that that you know and we're going to be building memories over the next few years and you know, I hope that there is a pivotal moment or something. I want to remember this, Grandma. And then that's the time when you say, okay, this is the memory to capture and put in something. And that when you go, yeah. is given to them, right? It's, it, it's yeah. part of the will. It's part of the legacy that you leave behind. So that when they pick it up and they remember that moment, you know, that connection is there again. And there's so many ways we can do that. For, you know, not just for the people that we've lost necessarily in our lives, but preparing for the people that will lose us. Yes. And one of the products that I'm about to launch is based exactly on that, especially with our our grandparents and our, um, you know, those that that might be gone before we're ready to say goodbye. Yeah. Um, and it is a guide on how to interview family members um, mm-hmm. when my grandparents were younger um it was known that every family had a family book or a family bible and all of the stories and the births the deaths the marriages it was all in a book it was just passed down and and added to but as time's gone on technology is now taking over and everything's digital um and so this will be a guide on how to interview your your people um on camera and ask yeah. them all the questions so that when, in my case, so we've actually got five generations still in my family. Mm, my you. grandchildren have great, great grandparents still wow. alive. 
So while they are making memories together now, you know, unfortunately they will pass, although I've decided they're not going to ever die. Um, apparently just willing that doesn't actually make it so. No, but in a way they don't. It, it's just the vessel that dies, right? The spirit carries on. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so you're right. So far, <laughs> is is making it happen, but at some point, apparently, that's not work. Um, and so my whole family is going to submit questions, and I'm going to go and interview them, so that when my grandchildren are, you know, that that little bit older, and we are talking about them, there's going to be videos that we can go back and watch, and you know, when we when we are together to make those recordings, you know, we've all got a smartphone now. Um, yes. you know, get your phone out and record those moments, take the photos, take the videos, because at some point, like we said when we when we started this this interview today, um, sometimes the photos and those videos are all you're left with. So, you know, just take them because I guarantee you at some point you're going to wish you had more of them. Um, but by interviewing them, you know, you can ask questions and, and make this a generational thing. You know, you can be asking when you were a child, how much was milk? How much was bread? Um, you know, uh, all of those questions that as you start to ask, you know, your grandparents and then your aunts and uncles and your parents um, and then your generation does one and then ask your children, you know, and, you know, you can it's be a lovely that. idea. Yeah. And like you said, you know, for, for your grandchildren on their birthdays or Christmas or special occasions, you can be recording them, um, you know, uh, a five-minute video. I did and that. I did that with my kids growing up. It would be, you know, ask them, well, my one daughter's birthday was the 30th of December. So I used to rent a video camera back in those days, yeah. right, because we're 40 years ago, yeah. and then keep it another day or two and then record the kids and ask them questions and so that I had the catalogue of it. So even having the birthdays or certain events or things like that, having it and one of these days, unfortunately, they're all in storage right now, but one of these days I want them all, you know, transcribed and then somebody to take all of them and kind of make a story through, you know, yeah. through their lives with it. Like my girlfriend has done, she's taken all the photo albums over the years and then taken each one of her children and said, this is your life. This is your life through the years. It's your album only. And it's their lives represented, yeah. which is beautiful. But COVID came about for her to do that and, you know, took her months to do, which not everybody yeah. has that. So, yes, just take the video, do the questions, put it all together. Uh, and then at one mm -hmm. point, then it, it could be somebody's loving project to go, okay, let's take all of this and, and do it as a presentation. I think, quite honestly, yeah. I'm not a funeral person. I like the um, celebration of life. Uh, and when you go to that and you see people get up and share their stories of what, how they knew them and, uh, and then there's pictures behind. And I think that is just so wonderful because instead of just crying over the loss, we're honoring the memory of who they were. And for me, that's more important. Yeah. And, and to see that, I think is yes. wonderful. And we should celebrate somebody's life because, hey, they lived. <laughs> right yeah and it's it's how they touch people I know with Manny's funeral that was the first um funeral that I'd been to for someone I was close to when I was younger I went with my husband his grandpa uh, passed away and and so I went with him to to that funeral um but Manny's was the first one that I you know was really attached <laughs> to and 
uh, they had a Catholic funeral, which goes for three days. So if you think losing someone's hard, yeah, yeah, try try doing ca- a, a proper Catholic funeral because you can't just as, like here in Australia we do a funeral in one day. Right. It's it's kind of done. You say your goodbyes, you know, and then the next day the healing starts. No, yeah. no, <laughs> not then. Um, and look, it was something that I am so blessed and honored to have been a part of because um, I, I still call them my family. Uh, they they took me in from you know the get go. Um, obviously, they had their skepticism, you know, to start with that we'd met online. Actually, it was on a game. Um, okay. And, you know, he became, I was married at the time and uh, it was not um, a healthy marriage. Right. And I, it was through his support and me realising that I looked forward to our conversations more than I did with someone that, you know, was physically here that made me realise I, I think my marriage is over. I think, mm. you know, the, the damage is done and I, I just need to move on with close the door mm-hmm. and so we were best friends for for many years and it just it's those memories that you know that I treasure and you know like I he used to say to me you know don't tell me that you you left your husband for me well no I didn't I I left because of you but because you um, gave me mm-hmm. the courage yeah. To do what I knew I should have done, you know, years prior. I right. just didn't have courage to do it. I didn't have that. It was a domestic violence situation. I didn't have that knowledge of, hmm. you know, I can do this. Um, you know, in my mind, I still needed him for something. Hmm. Um, well, that's, actual- that's part of the violent thing is, right, they have that control over you and it and it's like, you know, nobody else will love you. Nobody else will want you. You can't do anything without me. It's all part of that control that leaves you believing yeah. that you haven't got any power. Yeah. No one else will ever love you. No one else right. will ever want you. Right. Um, you know, and and it was, he, he changed my life in so many ways um, that I don't even think he really understood the depth mm. of, of what he did. Um, my children thought of him as more of a dad than their own father, even though they never met in person. Right. Um, you know, if they wanted, you know, to go to a concert or they needed something, um, it was him that would send me the money to be able to pay for it for them. Right. It was him that would get on the phone and talk to them about their bad days. Right. Um, you know, like we, it sounds silly, but we would watch movies together. You know, mm-hmm. and he would have his Netflix on, we would have our Netflix on, <laughs> and we'd go three, two, one, play, you know, and we'd <laughs> FaceTime, you know, just having the phone next to us. Um, and we would watch the movies together. It was, they, you know, technology is just this incredible, you know, tool now yes. that things like that can happen. And but, I mean, you they- had that long-distance relationship with your husband, but he didn't choose to do that. He didn't choose yeah. to be a part of the integrative part of your life, where this guy, even though there was a physical distance between you, he immersed himself yeah. into your life where you actually didn't feel the distance per se. Yeah, like every Christmas, every birthday. Um, and, and as you said at the start, I launched this business on the third year anniversary of his passing because up to then every year it was the most depressing, you know, like mm. I, I remember saying those words, yes, turn it off. Mm. Um, but now it's it's a celebration of 
I've helped this, you know, X amount of families this year. Yes. Be able to have something to hold on to in the palm of their hand that we didn't get. Right. You know, I got help, um, you know, just in so many different ways. And this year, the business will be five years old. And I'm so proud that uh, we've lasted this long. Yeah. Um, With more growth, ones- more growth to have, right? Because the it's yeah. infinite and in its possibilities. Yeah. For those wondering where today, tomorrow, and always came from, let me start by telling you that my nickname for Manny was MC because he was a man child. This grown man <laughs> that was 13 years older than me um, was the biggest child. Um, you know, he was just so funny and, and full of life and immature at times. Um, and remember, you know, when you were in high school and you had your first crush and you'd be on the mm-hmm. phone and you'd say, no, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. <laughs> Do you remember that argument? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. So today, tomorrow and always was his version and our version of that. Like it was so immature, <laughs> um, you know, that I'll love you longer than you'll love me, you know, that kind yes. of thing. And so when it came to naming a business like this, um, it was perfect. I actually have it tattooed on the inside of my ring finger. Mm. Um, and when I got it done, um, I didn't tell him I was getting it done. And I just have TTA. And um, he's like, I can't believe you did that. And I said, look, the only way that's ever going to be covered up is by the wedding bands that, you know, that show that we are, you know, together forever kind of thing. Um, and, you know, it, it just it fit perfectly. There was no better name that I could come up with to yeah, yeah. have a business yep. that's all about holding on to those memories. Yes. So that's that's where it came from. It's no big elaborate, you know. It's not no, really but marketing. it's so poignant, though. It's so poignant, right? It's it it's a. It just says it all, you know. Not never mind just about your relationship, but the kind of relationships we want with people. And if they're if for some reason they're taken from us too early, you know that always is in the memory of them in how we keep them alive and you know you hear of people remarrying and uh, or having new relationships and people will say well you love them so much how can you love this person it is because i love them so much that i now mm. can love someone else because that love is continued on where i see this other yeah. person in a different light and 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 a, and a strong person knows that there was some other love in your life but that love is what's made you who you are. And so there is exactly. that extension of love constantly multiplying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't run out of love. Like, you no. know, it's not something that you're only given this much and be careful, yeah. you know. And where it's you not put just it. for you're one waste. person. You know, it's not, oh, you've got your love for your kids, no. your love for your mom and dad, and your love for the, your spouse, and that's it. No. You know what? We, we have so many, it's like musical notes, it's like an orchestra. Right. Our love is so many different instruments and they're all going to get played separately. And sometimes they come together and create a crescendo of love. Right. But love is something that never stops growing and has no boundary, has no limit, but has different fluctuations as according to whom, what and where and when. Yes. Yeah, 100%. It's, I, I, I feel blessed to have known him and to have had, you know, the memories that I do with him um, and, you know, that now I get to help others, 
you know, yeah. and, and what I, I feel is my true calling to to be able to empathise with these people. I, I hate people that say, oh, I, I know what you mean or I know how yeah. you feel mm-hmm. when they've never walked in your shoes. Right. So when people come to me, they already know my story. They mm-hmm. know that this whole thing was, was started because I, I lost someone that I, you know, was about to build a life with. Right. So, you know, when when I say to them, yeah, or they're they're in that fresh grief kind of period, and I say, look, I, I remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember that uncertainty of I don't know if this is the right thing to do. I, I don't know what colour to choose. I don't know what design I need. Um, I remember that. I there's no rush. You know, if if you want to take your time, this is something that you're going to treasure forever and potentially pass down to to your children take your time it there's no I'm not on a deadline you know um yes. whatever you'd like to include it it has a shelf life it's okay and just but, that it, but, but it, it's it's allow your story to come to you so that you can reveal it to you and, yeah. and then you know what how to put it together you know which is the yeah. color which is the style, which is, you know, which is, where is, you know, the highlight. And and then it makes it much easier for you to create that something for that DNA to go in yeah. there. And every time they look at it, that color, that style, that this, that, that reminds them of that story. But they've got to bring that story to you, not their grief, the story yes. of love, the story of joy, something that every time they look at it and every time they wear it, it keeps that love alive. Yeah, and ideally, I want every every glance and every emotion that's felt when looking at something to be a positive one, even yes. if the reason for it is, is quite sad. I want you to think of those good things. I want you to to feel comfort that you've got them with you. You know that that yes, you you can't hug them anymore, but you can still touch them. You can still feel them close, and it's uh, yeah. I I you can still talk to them. And what you do is you lay yourself open to receive and you're going for that walk and suddenly there's a rustle of leaves and you know that they've talked right back to you, right? It's, you know, that's the thing. If we pay attention, they always communicate back in some form or the other, not in the way I'm standing in front of you and talking or picking up the phone, but there's, it just be open to receive and they'll find a way. They always do. For Mm -hmm. me, um, and, and Manny, it's white butterflies. We've got these these white, tiny little butterflies that that flutter around in the spring and the summer. Um, and every time I see one, I just I know that's that's just him saying, just checking on you, you know, just yes. just making sure you're good, you know what what's been happening. Um, and music. Um, he was actually a quite a, a good songwriter that would ghostwrite for some really big names in the music industry. And, you know, I hear those songs that were written about, you know, things that we went through in our life. And to begin with, I hated them. I I hated that I was left with just the music and and not him. But now, you know, these songs are now, you know, seven years old. They're not, you know, fresh where they're they're on the radio all the time. So when I hear one, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Again, that's just you checking in to say, you know, I'm still around. Um, And now whenever I hear them, we smile. Um, you know, when when my kids hear them in the the shops or something, they'll record it and send it to me. You know, yeah. and it's just it's comfort. It really yeah. is comfort. We yeah. didn't get the opportunity to have anything made. We, I didn't know this industry existed when he passed yes. away. It was about yeah. eighteen months afterwards that I even discovered it. 
So that's why the mission is to erase the phrase, um, I wish I knew you existed when. Yeah. Because I, I said that. I said, I wish I'd known this existed when he died. He would have, he was yeah. um, a mausoleum. I would have put him into that wall bald. We would have shaved his head <laughs> if, <laughs> if we know that, that we could have kept a piece of him with us, but we didn't. So, you know, now it's making sure that nobody else doesn't know. I, I want right. to make sure that people know about this industry before they ever need it. Because when you're going through grief, the last thing you're thinking of is, you know, oh, what am I going to feel like in six months when, you know, I, I just want to touch them. Yeah. Um, if you know about it beforehand, you can keep that teaspoon of ashes before you spread the rest and have mm. that option. Um, whereas once you've spread it all, you know, you that option's kind of gone. So it really is just about knowing that, you know, that it, it's here for whenever you're ready um, and all the different ways that it can help you heal. And, you know, you could be wearing a piece of jewellery and nobody sees the ashes. Nobody oh. knows whom you're carrying. It's not something you've got a big, you know, label carrying George oh. around with me. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's you know, you, you know it. If somebody comments on it, then, you know, you may want to reveal the story or not. Or maybe it's something, you know, you hold on to it for yourself. After yeah. all, it is for you. That's right. Yeah, it's a very personal thing. And I, um, I've i made pieces with umbilical stuff um, mm. from newborn. And I, I know when I first started telling people about it, they were like, oh, that sounds disgusting. Um, but for some parents, unfortunately, their babies are born sleeping mm. and that's all they have. They, you know, newborns, you know, often don't have hair. Um, yes. But the umbilical cord or the umbilical stump of that newborn contains the DNA of that baby. So having that put into a bead or into a ring or into something that they can, you know, carry with them at all times keeps their baby with them, you know, in a way that they they can't hold them in their arms. So, you know, I always say to people, be careful what you say in in a forum, you know, when when other people are listening, because what is gross and sounds weird to you is the only thing another parent has to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Don't make them feel like what they're doing is gross yeah. or weird or right. in any way, shape or form, anything yes. other than what's helping them heal. Um, I have, um, I work a lot with women who, or families, I should say, who have had IVF and they may have, you know, they might have four kids already and they have two embryos still left in storage that they've decided they're not going to implant. And at the moment, uh, as it stands today here in Australia, the options are to, for some families, they can donate them to science, they can donate them to another couple, or they have them destroyed. The clinics aren't actually letting these families know that there is another option. You know, you, you take your straws out of storage, which, yes, means that they're no longer viable to implant, um, but you can have them put into something. Um, I've made uh, one of our sleeping baby keepsakes with six uh, rainbow hearts inside mm. of it, and each heart had an embryo in it. Um, mm. I've made uh, some of our uh, teddy bears with uh, ones, one in particular has got a, a heart inside of its chest that's purple, and then both ears are brown because I used the hair from the two living children and made the ears. <sighs> Those three children. Right. Uh, I think the daughter was nine, the son was just about to turn two, and they had another embryo left. Um, 
and now all of those three children that were essentially conceived at the same time mm. are all together in some way yeah. on the mantelpiece with other family memories. Um, and it's it's a beautiful way to bring them home where they belong and it not be so clinical um, yes. and scientific, yeah. um, but to just be a beautiful way of, you know, it's a burial uh, in a way of, of their, their forever resting place. But you know, a lot of people talk about sentiment and say, oh, it's just a waste of emotion. Move on. And, you know, there's certain things you need to move on from. You need to move on from the abuse. Where uh, You need to move on from pain. You need to move on from things that hold you back. But loss is a part of life and it has different pain levels according to who, what and how you lose someone. Because yes. it's not just a loss of that person. It's a loss of life that you would have had with that person. So the losses, you know, are, are, are differently measured according to the person that's had the loss. And we can't tell people, oh, it's time to move on. Uh, but we can encourage people that maybe get stu stuck too long in the past and say, okay, now how yeah. do we pack up these memories, this love? And how do you go through that process where you can take it with you into living into living life but I think that, that I'm a sentimentalist absolutely I mean my kids always say mom you've got too much stuff and I say yeah but this means that and this means that and and it means something to me so if it means something to me why should I give it up right okay. why should I give it up if it means something to me if it doesn't mean anything to you when I'm gone then you will do with what you do with it but to me it mm. means something there's an imprint there of memories and I want to keep those memories alive and I think we have to honor that, but yeah. there is stuff to let go of in life and there's stuff to carry with you because it is, you know, I say that every experience we have is, is wisdom we put in our backpack that travels with us. It's there whenever we need it. Well, that's the same with the people that we've met. It could be you had a wonderful relationship in Greece with somebody, a, you know, absolutely wonderful affair. And you know that it's never going to go anywhere, but you want to capture that memory because it was so meaningful. And why not? <laughs> why not? You know? And I think that's the thing is, is know that it shouldn't interfere in a sense of, of living today, but at the same time, know that it can give you strength and a reminder of what love is, what good memories are, what joy is, at a time that maybe you're feeling stuck and don't know where you're going. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those, like we said, the, the ebbs and flows of life. When you're yeah. when you're in one of those, you know, life's not great right now, to be able to pick something up that, that brings you joy is, you know, forcing yourself almost, you know, yeah. from that, that crappy state to, oh, that's right. You know, I remember this. I, I I remember that sexy man that we met in Greece. He was a little <laughs> bit delicious. Um, you know, or, you know, the culture or whatever it is that you fell in love with when you had that experience. Mm. And remembering those things can help lift you in a way that nothing else can. It's it's remembering those, the highs. It takes you and, back. And it takes yeah. you back to that time when you felt free, when you felt this, when you felt that. And it's a good reminder. But, we, you know, yes, you, you felt it then, but don't think you can't feel it now. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, let it take you over yeah. you know, in that moment and, and just be. And yes. Yeah. It's our, our brains are so incredible that we can do that, that 
just thinking of a moment in time, you know, it floods your body with exactly how you felt in that moment back in back in that moment. And it's, yeah, I, I love that we can kind of hack our brains to, you know, to force us to feel all of those great emotions from a completely separate time yeah. that genuinely do feel, you know, that that warm fuzzy inside and, you know, it, it can lift you out of some some dark places, um, yes. especially you know, if you do suffer from mental health issues. Right. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's it's an incredible, powerful thing to be able to hold on to. Keep the good memories alive. It's, it's really, really important. Yeah, yeah. because it's, it's a reminder. Even if it's you look at something and go, you know, that was a tough time, but then you look at that, but there was the joy here and there was the joy there. And I'm no longer in those tough times. You know, I always say to people, sometimes it's good just to stop, look back mm. and see how far you've come. And what you've yeah. brought with you is something that's important to where you are now and where you want to go and what no longer serves you, you have managed to leave behind. So you're much yeah. stronger and more resilient and more capable than you ever thought you were. And sometimes pausing yeah. and looking back does that. And, you know, just because this happened and that happened in our lives, it doesn't mean that life is over and we can keep no. whatever that joy of that love, that memory, and then carry it forward in life, which is important. It's important to keep yeah, good memories alive. But then yeah. when it becomes a story for other people, you know, why, why do you wear that? Why do you love that so much? And you can share the story. Then when we do pass on and the, and it's left and it's like, oh, you know, mum wore this all the time and it meant so much yeah. to her. I want this, you know, I want this memory because now it's a memory of your mother's memory. <laughs> you know? yes. So it's yeah. a way of keeping our longevity beyond right, our lifetime. It really is. And, and like you said, sometimes it's just really nice to have something that a loved one touched or, yes. you know, that, and, you know, in, in time knowing that, you know, that however long before they passed away, that at some point this was also in their hand, this was close yeah. to them, it touched their skin. And, and now you get to hold it and, and know that, you know, you were both holding it. it yeah, it, it's. It's a, a nice memory. It's a healing memory. Yes. And it's something it, I can't, it's a war, it's a heart warmer, isn't it? It really is, yeah. yeah. A heart warmer and a soul comforter. Yeah, yes. for sure. It's a, big, it's a big hug is how I, yeah. you know, like when I, I have clothing um, and, you know, like I, I wear one of his shirts to bed quite often and it I'm wrapped in a warm hug. You know, I know that at some point he would wear this to I don't know, go and do the grocery shopping. Yeah. Um, but knowing that, you know, that this was his and that you know he wore it on a regular basis and now I get to you know kind of smother myself in him and feel that comfort um yeah I've got stuff yeah I've got stuff of my mum my particular dressing gown and a particular this and a particular that and it's like oh. yeah it's just like when you put it on it's like having that hug you know it's like yeah you know ah oh, I got you and you know for my mum's been gone since 2013 now so yes yeah. it's you know it's um life goes on uh, and there's nothing going to stop time 
but it's how we choose to to keep all those wonderful memories the good memories the good memories with us because really you know this is why I think one of things like dementia and Alzheimer's is so cruel because at the end of our days what have we got we have memories and I think it's the cruelest disease for the fact that you cannot remember anything lived and uh, you know when I when I do get to that point when I hang up my hat so to speak I want to be able to look back on my memories with a warm heart you know with a fulfilled soul and spirit and 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 know that you know this this memory, that memory, you know, and say to myself, yeah, you did something. You had good people in your life. You loved, you had purpose and all of those yeah. little things that you capitulate are ways of bringing back that memory. And, um, and it's funny with dementia because you have people that will remember a song from 50 years ago and can sing it from word to word. Right. And you know, they're yeah. completely gone, but the, that memory were meant so much to them that it's in that DNA that comes out. So now do you only serve people in Australia or can you serve anyone anywhere in the world? Yeah, anywhere in the world. Um, the process is the same. Um, all items get uh, posted to me and I create your item and then express post it back with signature because, you know, it's, yes. it's priceless. I don't yes. want it being left, you know, in a neighbor's mailbox by accident. Um, right. So yes, no, it's, Anywhere that 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 you are, I can help you. It's just that the obviously the timing is a little bit longer if it's um, outside of Australia because it's got to get to me and then it's got to get to you. But and, yeah. and then you will talk to them about what you make for them, or you know you've got yeah. a kind of a catalogue of stamps things that they can look at and say, well, can you do this and can you do that? And so you're open to kind of looking at what they want and being able to match something with them, even though they don't know what they want. Yeah, so we've obviously got uh, all of the items on our website, but I do often do custom orders as well. So if if you've seen something somewhere else or on Google, people will quite often send me a photo and say, I've seen this somewhere. I don't know where I saw it, um, but I'd really love this. You know, can you source it? And I've got some great suppliers both here in Australia and overseas. Um, so quite often I can get something very similar, if not the exact one. And, right. you know, we, we uh, can arrange a, a chat and we can actually talk about your story and why you're having this thing made and get that feeling behind it and really understand exactly what you're hoping and what you're envisioning it to turn out like so that I can try and match that as best I can. Obviously, being handmade, it's, yes. you know, I, I, I'm i not um, producing, you know, the exact same thing over and over again. Right, exactly. I've had people say, look, I, I want to, to get two things, one for myself, one for my sister. Can you make them identical? Sorry, no, I can't. Because, you know, it, it's just a, the nature of being handmade. I can't yeah. replicate. I can use the same colours and I can use, I can make them from the same batch. But, you know, there's always going to be that slight But, but that that's, you're a DNA jeweler. That means the DNA is different for each person. Right. It's yeah. a different frequency, a different vibration. So although they are similar and familiar, it they don't they should not be exactly the same because then you're not allowing yeah. the separate signature. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. So it it can be made into, you know, um, look, the possibilities are endless, to be honest. Yeah. But that's a bit over. Um, but yeah, if you've got something in mind, sending a photo to give me an idea is a great way of making sure that we're on the same page. Um, and like I said, the, the color options that we can make them are, you know, and you know, well. for somebody who's kind of thinking ahead and going, 
I, you know, I'd like to do this in the future when my spouse goes, or this happens or that happens, and they don't know what to capture. You know, they don't know what to keep. It, it's mm. good to have a pre-conversation with you uh, in preparation so that if somebody does that, you do grab a piece of hair or you do grab this or grab that and not go, I wish I had. And so it's it's good for preparation for down the road as well. I mean, it's also for, for you as a parent to say, I would like this, 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 this for each piece of jewelry for my children. And I'd like yes. you to use this and arrange something like that, right? So there's a lot of things. There's a lot of options there. Yeah, I can't express enough how important it is to have conversations with your loved ones. Yeah. I have had um, clients contact me and say, I, I want this made. My, I've just lost my dad, for example. Um, you know, I'm really not coping. I want to feel like he's with me. I, I want a, a ring made or a, a bead made. Um, I'm going to go and get the, the ashes off my sibling and, and I'll send them to you. And then they come back to me and say, my sibling is refusing to, to split the ashes. Mm. Um, you know, they're worried that my dad wouldn't want to be separated and right. that, you know, he needs to remain whole and it, so many different versions of that story. Right. So it's so important to be having those conversations to say, um, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm dead. Right, like I'm, I'm not going to care. As a matter of fact, I think it's kind of cool. Have a little yes. bit of me there, have a little bit of me there, and you know, um, yes, be a world traveler. Uh, right. But um, I've had those conversations with my yeah. kids. Um, so I've then, actually- what else can you do? Can it be the hair? Can it be something else? Can it be a favorite sweater or outfit that they wore? You know. So yeah. yes, you say have that conversation, but and at the same time, maybe yeah. they want to have it done too. So that, you know, they have something to remember of. So, yeah, the conversation is good to have for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, talking about ashes, um, I spread the ashes of my uncle because he wanted them spread near my father. And I literally kind of just spread the ashes on the ground in this. It was in a crematorium. We didn't have it in advance. I just spread it. And I was leaving for back from England to Canada and then when I was at the airport, I thought, what's this? Uh, when I arrived home and I thought, what's this in my shoes? And some of the ashes were there. So I brought some of the ashes back with me to Canada. And I thought, well, welcome to Canada, Dennis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't have it, cared. <laughs> so, and for some families, having those conversations is awkward. And maybe they're just not the kind of family that talks about that kind of stuff. Yes. So at least in your will or somewhere in your documentation that someone's going to see, just mm-hmm. make a note that if, you know, your family members want to have something like this done, that you give them permission. permission. Um, yes. Yeah, because yeah. there's nothing more heartbreaking than having one one person that desperately wants this. And the others and, are blocking it. Yeah, it's it adds to the grief because, yes. you know, they've, they've found a way to help them be able to move through and they can't, so they're just stuck. Um, so, yeah, by all means, if you can't have the conversation, just leave a note somewhere that someone's going to find that so that everyone knows. I mean, they might not want to do anything and that's completely okay too. Yeah. But just in case, you know, they they discover this, you know, after the fact um, and you've already heard about it, that that they know that you give your blessing for them to each have a piece of you. And if, you know, I think you talked about the video thing and I think, you know, whether you've written a will or not, I think, you know, leaving a video will or leaving a video goodbye 
And, you know, oh, by the way, you know, like if you want to take some of my DNA to do some jewelry, I'm fine with it, you know, uh, but it's it's good to leave a video. I mean, how many people have lost somebody suddenly and there was a video made or somebody that is very ill and they don't know if they're going to survive and they do a video and, and look how meaningful that is to someone left behind. So, you know, I think yeah. is nobody wants to go through life thinking, you know, about our death. But again, rather like insurance, preparing for that inevitable day and then getting yeah. on and living and not worrying about it. It means that when you do go, it's so much easier on the people that are left behind. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Definitely. So how do people get hold of you, my love? And, you know, what is so, the procedure when somebody decides, I want this, but I don't know what I want? Yep, so our website is todaytomorrowalways.com.au. Um, that has AU for Australia, in- folks, so don't forget the AU. Yes, um, and you can um, contact me through there. I'm on all the socials, so you can always send me an email. Our email is admin at todaytomorrowalways.com.au. So whether you contact me through the website, through the email, through our socials, Um, If you've got any questions, I'm more than happy to answer them all because this is one of the most precious purchases you are ever going to make. And I'm more than happy to answer a million questions to make sure that you know exactly what you're wanting in the end um, and that the process is as smooth and heartfelt as possible. Um, Then I I don't want to make something and then have you hate it because you forgot to ask about something. Um, Ask all the questions. Sorry, did we lose you there? Oh, okay. No. Um, you know, the there may be somebody who says, no, I've moved on. I'm fine. You know, a guy, you know, like they always want to pretend that they're not feeling it. But I think if if you have something made for them that was discreet, something they can carry yeah. in their pocket, a keychain or something like that, and there yeah. is that kind of memory, mom, dad, brother, sister, wife, whatever, that they may not admit how comforting it is, but you'll see it, right? So it's, you know, for people that feel, there are some people that go through the grief and it it looks like, well, did you even care? Because they've shut down so much. And, uh, you know, having something to, you can't force people to open up and go through the grieving process. It's something they have to choose for themselves. But kind of handing them something that can maybe kickstart that or is that memory that allows them to remember the good times so therefore they can let go of the pain of the loss is important. Yeah. Uh, and to, a, as I said, for, de- for me, for death, I don't cry at death because I don't look at it as the final frontier. I look at it as the final um, life journey, but not the essence of who you are. I believe we carry on. Um, yeah. but the sadness is not for the person that's gone on it's for the people left behind right and yes. and the more that we can carry the good times with us the the more comforting it is the more strengthening it is you know yeah. in being able to move forward so I think it's a beautiful journey that you're taking here I'm sorry that it came about in a way that it did but look at all the joy and the comfort that you're giving other people now that are either on similar journeys or preparing yeah I mean, there's so many things, there's so many options open to here, whether you want to prepare and leave loved ones something or whether you want to 
make sure it's in your will that it's okay if somebody wants to do this or or that you know as you said it's not just about the the human side of it your fur ones i mean who doesn't want to keep them alive in our hearts because god when it comes to loving you unconditionally an animal does a cat debatable but a dog for sure <laughs> A cat is like, I'll love you if, but a dog is like, I will love you unconditionally. <laughs> right? So, yeah. And and we want to keep that love alive. It's important. So definitely. So folks, it's easy. All you do is reach out today, tomorrow, always.com.au for Australia. And you can yes. reach out to her also through Facebook, today, tomorrow, always, DNA. Um, meet Alison um, Okenden from the heart is up there too. Instagram today, tomorrow, always DNA, YouTube channel, TikTok, and then also reach out by email and just have the conversation. Just, you know, you, this has sparked something for you. you. You never heard about it before. You know, I'm not sure. Do I want to or do I not want to? Uh, what are the options? Have a conversation. Nobody's saying you have to rush yeah. into anything. Have a conversation. See if it's a fit for you. Yeah. And but then kind of realize, yes, that would be really nice. That would be really nice to carry that memory with me and realize how endearing yeah. it is, right? So yeah. definitely. A conversation isn't going to do any harm. No. Not gonna hurt anyone by having a conversation, folks. Not at all. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for sharing with us today and for taking the journey that you're taking. We never know what's going to redirect us in life and what meaningful purpose it's going to lead us to. It's kind of bizarre, mm. the one that is done. But you look at it. He gave you the gift of life by freeing you from oppression, right, and yeah. loved you unconditionally. And now you're taking that same love and pouring it into what you're doing to help other people keep their love alive. So the love is continuing on. Yeah, it is. So thank, thank you so much you. for having me. Our pleasure. My pleasure. So folks, let's keep love alive. For God knows we know we need it. We need it today. We need it tomorrow. We need it always. Right? So and keeping somebody close to you, just a piece of them, just a piece of them how it warms your heart it's not like you look at it or you touch it and you burst out and crying it is like thank you for being with me thank you for always being there and it's important and i promise you it's very nice to carry with you in as you walk through life so until next time folks bye for now we hope that you enjoyed the show there are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening. We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life. And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted. And we do hope that you enjoy the next show.